What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post-show, the WrestleMania Monday Night Raw for your Mondays. This is March 28th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, and as always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. Was Monday Night Raw as offensive as it usually is tonight? No. Did Monday Night Raw get you any more excited for WrestleMania this coming weekend? No. Was Monday Night Raw good? No. But Monday Night Raw was a clusterfuck of both Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown Because WWE has to coin everything WrestleMania season in the last couple of weeks. WrestleMania this, WrestleMania Raw, WrestleMania SmackDown, WrestleMania Backlash. WWE did a couple of things right tonight. WWE did some questionable things as always leading into WrestleMania. But the one big thing that happened on tonight's show, and the one thing that I'm genuinely most curious about, it has nothing to do with championships, and I'm speaking specifically on the Monday Night Raw side of things. The most interesting thing all WrestleMania season, probably in all of WWE, is Seth Rollins. And what is Seth Rollins doing at WrestleMania? I don't know when Cody signed his WWE contract. I am... Pretty sure that we are getting Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. There's no title on Monday Night Raw because Brock is tied up with Roman. The United States Championship is treated like a complete afterthought. Nobody gives a shit about the mid-card titles. I would actually be showing them respect by calling them secondary titles. Mid-card titles, which are irrelevant in WWE. The United States Champion is missing. Nowhere to be found. WWE doesn't have any tag team division. Their women's division is completely garbage. The only thing that we have on Monday Night Raw, besides Edge, because he's great, is Seth Rollins. WWE's been doing this storyline as you guys have been watching or may not have been watching. Seth Rollins has been trying to weasel himself into WrestleMania, whether that is trying to steal Kevin Owens' spot, By interviewing Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin was on the line in a WrestleMania, you know, what if match. Then we got AJ Styles putting his match at WrestleMania on the line. And Seth Rollins challenged AJ in a what if WrestleMania match. If I beat AJ, if I get this done, I get to wrestle Edge. Or if I beat Kevin Owens, I get to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin. He failed at every opportunity to get there. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins even failed at winning the Raw Tag Team Championships in what I thought was probably the best Monday Night Raw match of the entire year so far. But WWE is really pushing the narrative of Seth Rollins and this big question mark at WrestleMania. Today, on social media, we've seen it first. WWE actually put out a clip Very well edited, very nicely done. I thought Rollins killed it. I thought Vince was very good in in, in it as well. He shows up at Titan Tower. 
And he shows up there in the lobby, and he's there early, and nobody's there, and he's got to wait to see Vince McMahon. He's waiting and waiting and waiting, and he gets there into Vince's office. They finally call him in, and Vince is sitting there, and he's writing on his yellow notepad. He's writing in pencil. I don't know who the fuck writes in pencil in 2022. I don't know what he's writing on his yellow notepad. What is he writing? Is he writing who to bury next? Is he writing how to maybe come up with a good-looking card? Because WrestleMania certainly isn't it. WrestleMania certainly isn't a good-looking card. Sitting there in the office with a big Tyrannosaurus Rex skull on the wall, writing in his notepad, and Rollins is there. He thinks he's going to get fired. He thinks he's going to get fined. He thinks he's going to get suspended. And then Vince McMahon says, why did you have to go through all of these all of these situations. You jumped through all these rings of fire to get to WrestleMania. You failed at every single one of them. All you had to do was ask me. All you had to do was come to me and I would have put you on the WrestleMania card. And Seth Rollins is like, what, 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 why? What, what, why are you saying this now? Like, What? Why did I put myself through all of this if all I had to do was come to you? I don't get it. So Vince McMahon is there and he's saying, well, do you know what this weekend is? And Rollins is like, yes, it's WrestleMania, two-night WrestleMania. It's the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. And Vince McMahon said, well, I could have you. I could have Seth freaking Rollins on WrestleMania. I could have WrestleMania without Seth Rollins. It's really no bother to me. But I'm going to give you a WrestleMania match. You're going to WrestleMania. And if you go to WrestleMania, you're going to have your own WrestleMania main event. Everybody's in the main event of WrestleMania nowadays. Everybody's in a main event of WrestleMania. There's only one main event to me, and that is Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for the unification of both world championships. So Seth Rollins is there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But Vince, who who is my opponent? Who is my opponent? Your opponent is going to be someone of my choosing, and you will find out when you get in the ring on WrestleMania Saturday. So all of this obviously is leading to all the rumor and speculation about Cody Rhodes. This lines up with the previous reports from Dave Meltzer, and everybody else that stated that WWE was likely going to hold off Cody Rhodes and his return until WrestleMania. I think WWE did a very good thing by holding off Cody Rhodes until WrestleMania. This show tonight did not need him. Last week did not need him. The week before that didn't need him. All you heard was Cody, Cody chance, and everybody's kind of knowing what's going on. You're listening to the audience in these towns. They're getting louder and louder and louder. And if you don't really meddle in social media and you're one of those casual fans and you listen to people chanting Cody Rhodes' name on WWE television, you're probably going to hit the internet at some point. You're going to Google Cody Rhodes and you're going to find out what's going on with Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. WWE did a very good thing about holding off on Cody Rhodes until WrestleMania. It's unlike WWE to do that. 
This is basically the CM Punk AEW thing that Tony Khan did to sell out the United Center with CM Punk on Rampage and the first dance. They gave you hints. They dropped clues for weeks that CM Punk was coming in and everybody was like, oh, I'll believe it when I see it. They're not going to go to the lengths that they did and then not deliver him. And that's exactly what Tony Khan did with CM Punk. I'm glad that they waited. Everybody's like, well, I think I would announce Cody Rhodes on the go-home show for WrestleMania on Monday Night Raw. I'd get the tickets to be sold. I'd get the merchandise to be sold and this and that. WWE is already knee-deep in whatever the fuck they're doing at WrestleMania. I genuinely think the best course of action here is to leave Cody on WrestleMania to have him show up for the first time as a defect from AEW on WWE television at WrestleMania. Now, the one thing that I genuinely worry about with Cody Rhodes is it's going to be on Saturday night. Saturday night to me, and this is by a very small margin, is a better night for WrestleMania than Sunday night. Sunday night looks absolutely fucking atrocious. Sunday night is the worst of the two nights, and that is a show that has... Lesnar and Reigns in the main event, and then Edge and AJ Styles in what I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to. It's one of the three things that I'm looking forward to on this show. And the other thing is Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. But Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins is happening on Saturday night. And I'm very excited to see how WWE pulls this one off. Everything has been leading to this. Everything. WWE did not need Cody Rhodes to show up on a random episode of Monday Night Raw. And I'm glad that they have gone and do something. They did something here that is not really in their wheelhouse. They, they, don't, really, they don't really go into these events with surprises, even though this is the worst kept secret in all of pro wrestling right now. But WWE likes to blow their load on things. WWE likes to give you something as far as, oh, let's blow it here on Monday Night Raw and then ruin all the fucking surprise at the pay-per-view. I'm glad that they're doing it in a way that is not like WWE to do something. WWE's other thing with Cody Rhodes is how do we present him? WWE is right now internally discussing via WrestleVotes how to present Cody Rhodes. I I talked about this on Off the Script this weekend. If you guys missed it, Go and check it out. It was uploaded on Saturday on uh, episode 423. I talked about Cody Rhodes and the presentation of Cody Rhodes. WrestleVotes tweeted out late last week that people, higher-ups, bigwigs in WWE are talking about, well, if Cody Rhodes is going to show up on Saturday for WrestleMania, he needs to be the exact same way that he was in AEW. And I mean, look, appearance, uh, the way he just comes out, music, pyro, the way he does his thing in the ring, the way he got to promo, everything legitimately, you have to change nothing. You have to change nothing about Cody Rhodes. You take him from one show and you put him on your show, and that's it. You let him go. You let him go. Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, it's not that difficult to produce something magical there. It's not that difficult to have Cody Rhodes come out and just be exactly what you need him to be. You're paying all this money for Cody Rhodes to show up And make your show better. There's basically nothing you have to do any different. Nothing. The one thing. That's the one thing I'm scared about most until we see it. Hopefully WWE stays the course with Cody Rose. The other thing that I'm worried about. 
is Kevin Owens kind of revealed tonight that he and Stone Cold Steve Austin will be in the main event spot on Saturday night for WrestleMania. The KO show will be closing WrestleMania night one. Good. Good. Charlotte and Ronda don't deserve that main event. Charlotte and Ronda is not a main event for WrestleMania. If you think so, you're a complete fucking shill. Ronda has been absolutely piss-poor atrocious in the build for this match with Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair has done nothing to help her cause either. That's not a a main event WrestleMania match to me. The way that we've seen it, no way. And WWE is going to do more bad than good if they put that match on last after Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens. A nightmare waiting to happen. The one thing that I am worried about is, and I posed this question on Twitter, is WWE going to steal Cody Rhodes' thunder with Stone Cold Steve Austin being there on the same night, having him basically be in a street fight. It's not going to be a sanctioned match. Everything but a wrestling match. Stone Cold in the main event. Is WWE going to take Cody's thunder away on Saturday night? Cody Rhodes is legitimately coming in to play second fiddle already in WWE, even though he's getting the big return, and he's getting the big pyro, and it's going to be 70,000 people, and he's getting a big WrestleMania match with Seth Rollins. He's already playing second fiddle to Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's what I'm worried about. If Cody isn't the first thing that we hear from and see on Monday Night Raw, on Monday following WrestleMania, WWE has already fucked up Cody Rhodes. But Seth Rollins, not a champion. His situation is not for a championship. And legitimately, WWE has made it into the most interesting thing all WrestleMania season. That's one match. And the other two I'm very intrigued by because of the unification. I want to see if WWE holds on to that and stays the course with that and does the right thing. I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. And then Edge and AJ Styles. I mean, it's a wrestling fan's dream match. So I'm obviously going to be interested in that. It's one of three things all weekend that I'm looking forward to. And WWE, going into WrestleMania, I don't know if this was the plan all along for Seth Rollins. I highly doubt it. But I got to give WWE some credit. They've made it intriguing enough for me, who is very critical of the product because they don't deserve any credit whatsoever because what they produce is complete dog shit on a weekly basis. I got to give them the benefit of the doubt. I got to give them credit that they've made Seth Rollins and his storyline with this big question mark of Cody coming in and the story, they made it intriguing and they made it entertaining. And I've been saying this for weeks There are people losing sleep over Cody Rhodes coming in. There is people, uh, there are people out there, and and there is groups of people out there that are legitimately upset about Cody Rhodes leaving AEW for WWE. I don't care. I, I don't care. I'm excited about this. This makes me happy. This is something that I look forward to when I watch pro wrestling. The unknown. Do we trust WWE to do the right thing with Cody? Of course not. But we're getting him on Saturday. Let's take this step by step. Let's see what happens Saturday. I don't trust Bruce Prichard and WWE to do the right thing. For all we know, what is Cody going to be doing in WWE? Nothing. 
What is he going to do? Roman's going to be champion for another 365 days. He's not, he's not winning the world championship. If anything, he's going to be fed to Roman. And this is what I stated on the very first show that I did when all of the rumors were starting. He's coming in to do what? He's coming in to be a background player. He's coming in to play second fiddle to Roman. He's not winning the world championship. Roman is not dropping that title until he gets to The Rock at WrestleMania 39. Mark my words. So Cody's already coming in, playing second fiddle to Steve Austin at WrestleMania, playing second fiddle to Roman Reigns. What is Cody going to do? I don't trust this company to do anything right. But if Cody gives me a fucking reason on Monday night to actually watch and enjoy a segment from 8 to 11, then this is a win for me. This is a win for me. And Tony Khan, let me break it to you AEW fucking neckbeards out there. Tony Khan doesn't need, he doesn't need Cody Rhodes. I've said this for weeks. All these people upset. The fuck are you upset for? Look at the roster Tony Khan has and you're upset about Cody Rhodes. Is he a bullshit artist? Yes. That's what you were getting. Cody Rhodes is a bullshit artist. Cody Rhodes was not genuine with you. Fine. I'm sure you know somebody in your life that's been disingenuous with you. I'm sure you do. Or you've been in a relationship where the other party lied to you and they bullshitted you for weeks. And then you caught them doing something else with somebody else. Cody Rhodes is a disingenuous fucking prick. I love it. I love it. You wanted Cody to be heel? This is his heel turn. There you go. I'm a good heel. I love a good heel. I appreciate a good heel. So I'm looking forward to this, man. I'm going to fucking lick my chops over this shit. This is a wrestling fan's wet dream right here. Cody Rhodes needs this in his life. He needs this attention. This is what I've been trying to tell you. But Tony Khan doesn't need AEW. Uh, Tony, Tony Khan doesn't need Cody Rhodes. He doesn't. WWE, they need Cody Rhodes. Because there's not many. There's not many on that roster right now that's going to elicit that type of reaction. Like Cody Rhodes. This is going to be a great thing. You can hate Cody all you want. You can fucking blast Cody Rhodes to your heart's content, man. He's walking away with the money. I'm going to look at everybody cry. And I'm going to look at WrestleMania as this is something I care about. Cody is something I care about on weekly television. Great. Great. That's all I want. That's all I want. Now, if WWE fixes the slew of other fucking problems that they have, we'd actually be on the path to reconciliation here with the fucking product that we got now, but that's not going to happen. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes is all but confirmed, and we are going to be getting that at WrestleMania Saturday night. Cody will be there Saturday night. They moved Edge and AJ Styles from one night to the other about two different times already. Now it's back on Sunday. They moved it to Saturday. Now it's back on Sunday. So Cody and Rollins is happening on Saturday night. It's going to be great. And I'm going to look forward to it, man. I'm very excited to see what happens on Saturday night with both of those guys in the match that they actually produce on Saturday night. We got Lesnar. We got Reigns. Nothing new there. Same old, same old. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns have pretty much run the course of what they could do. And they were both on the show tonight cutting promos 
to each other individually. They did not cross paths. There was no carnage. There was no security officers being beaten with an inch of their life. There was uh, nothing of any of that. We saw that on SmackDown. Pretty much more of the same with these two guys. And WWE is legitimately on their last legs as far as what they are trying to tell with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania. Ronda Rousey was supposed to be on the show. WWE actually tweeted out a photo about Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, and Becky Lynch in a fatal four-way match tonight. All it took was for Ronda to go on her Facebook stream and say, I'm not going to Monday Night Raw. I don't blame her. And WWE had to take that post down, and that match was absolutely uh, a non-thing on tonight's show, and I'm glad it was, because that match obviously did not make any sense. So we got Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch in a segment where Bianca Belair teased, or Becky, I should say, teased cutting Bianca Belair's hair, and Becky Lynch was actually the one to get her hair cut. I don't know what WWE is going to do about this, but the way Becky Lynch was left in the ring tonight, I don't see if you are somebody that frequents the product, I don't see how Becky Lynch loses at WrestleMania after being destroyed and then having her hair cut tonight on Monday Night Raw. And I do not like, I'm telling you this right now, I do not like the fact that WWE's been teasing cutting Bianca Belair's braid off, man. That is her entire shtick. You cut the braid, Bianca is dead. There's nothing about Bianca that I am genuinely going to be interested in if that braid is cut. It makes her entire shtick. So please stop with the teases. That is something that is unnecessary. We don't need to cut anybody's hair. I hope to God WWE doesn't make this a hair versus belt match at WrestleMania like I predicted a couple of weeks ago. It's the last thing I want to fucking see. And then we got the tag team title situation on Monday Night Raw. It was RK Bro versus the Usos. That was the main event. Very dull, very lame disqualification ending because, again, WWE puts themselves in situations where neither team can lose. So why even book the match? WWE gives you a match that should actually be at WrestleMania only to do it tonight and then do a DQ ending because, fuck, Everybody who's invested in both of these teams. So we're going to go over everything tonight, guys. We're going to go over what I got and go over the entire show. I appreciate you all stopping by tonight to make sure you guys are in the loop of what's going on with WWE as we head into the biggest wrestling weekend of the year. And I'm glad you have chosen off the script to get your fill of WrestleMania week this week, man. We got 2,400 in the venue. Thank you guys very much. Number one in the community as always. I appreciate you all. If you're here, a couple of things I'm going to need you to do, man, before you sit down and open up a cold beverage, man. The bar is packed. The beverages are ice cold. Even colder than last week. Why? Because it's WrestleMania week, man. I'm going to need you to do two things before you sit down. Number one, I'm going to need you to hit that thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up. It's a great way to help me out. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum on today's Monday Night Raw post show on Off The Script. Super Chats are open, so get them on in. You guys let me know what you thought of tonight's show and all the news and rumors coming out of Monday Night Raw as we head into WrestleMania. You guys can hit that join button, become a VIP right here on OTS. You guys are going to sit right back there with me, man. First round is always on me, and if I'm getting a little frisky, two rounds will be on me. 
You guys sign up to become a channel member. You get the emotes in the chat. You can use them in the chat live. You could use them in the comment section on any video that I post. And you guys get those badges next to your name, man, to show off your VIP status. So make sure you go and join the channel, become a member. Hit that subscribe button as well. Turn on the bell for notifications. I'm looking to hit 132,000 subscribers this WrestleMania weekend, man. Thank you guys very much for all of your support. I have uploaded several videos, man. You might have missed them. I'm here to let you know what they are. Off the Script, episode 423. That was live on Saturday. Go check it out. Talked about Triple H and how Triple H's legacy is greater as an executive than it is as an in-ring performer. My thoughts and prayers go out to Triple H. Man, I love Paul Levesque. Go check that out. WWE 2K22 My Rise today. Go and check it out. 50 minutes of gameplay and comedy. Awesome stuff, man. Episode 3, my first match in NXT. And when Mr. 9 to 5 gets to NXT, man, we got his own personal commentator for the entire My Rise series, man. You guys were wondering where Mean Marky D was. He's now the voice of Mr. 9 to 5 calling all of his matches in WWE 2K22, man. Go and check that out. Also, Twitter, Instagram, at JD from NY206. Follow me on social media, man. It's going to be the place to be all week for WrestleMania week. Go get your t-shirts. Bonfire is the place. Bonfire.com. The exclusive home of Off the Scripts. And today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use that code JD at checkout to get yourself a free sample of the service, man. All you guys have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com. A great friend for the last several years right here on Off the Scripts. Let's start at the top with Monday Night Raw, man. Lesnar, he's in the ring looking very cowboy-esque, as always, with his cowboy hat, his flannel, and the WWE Championship draped over his shoulder. Lesnar's in the ring with his microphone. He says, good evening to Pittsburgh. And he announces that our WWE Champion is in the house. Lesnar says for the last 20 years, that loudmouth Paul Heyman has been doing all the yapping for him, but he's got to do this for us tonight. He does the stereotypical welcome to Monday Night Raw. I never want to see Brock Lesnar do that again. I never want to see or hear Brock Lesnar ever welcome us to Monday Night Raw. Lesnar's been great as a babyface, man. He, He really has been great. And... I'm loving everything he's been doing. He's, he's set to go away after WrestleMania. We all know the usual Brock Lesnar shtick, the, the usual Brock Lesnar, you know, uh, hiatus. He's about to go away, but please, no more welcoming Brock Lesnar to Monday Night Raw and having him say, welcome to Monday Night Raw. No, no we don't need that. So he says that felt good, but it felt like it sucked because it did. Even Lesnar knew it. So he won't be doing that again. But what he doesn't suck at is giving out country ass kickings. Lesnar said this Sunday at WrestleMania is about to spoil his game plan 
to Reigns, but he and Reigns are going to take a trip down memory lane. So, Pittsburgh tonight had the balls. And I may have to hit up Ghoulish, man, my boy Brian Ghoulish. Bro, what's going on with Pittsburgh, man? What's wrong with you guys out there? Huh? Of all the fucking people in WWE, Lesnar was getting the what chance. Now, he dumbed it down pretty decently, but Pittsburgh, I, I, I don't get it, man. Of all people, Lesnar's getting the what chance. Very bizarre. So, Lesnar says they're going to take a trip down the roads of Suplex City, introduced him to the Beast of Broadway, then hit the carnival and go for a ride on the F5, and he says nobody survives the ride on the F5. So they're getting what chance louder and louder and louder in Pittsburgh. And he says, yes, even WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin will be there too. And he's also an ass kicker, but he didn't kick Lesnar's ass ever. And that was interesting. Now, I would assume Brock Lesnar kind of goes, quote unquote, off the script And he does his own shtick. I don't think anybody's scripting Lesnar to go out there and cut a promo on Monday Night Raw. But the fact that he said that was very interesting to me, man. I I don't know how how many matches Stone Cold is going to be back for. Or if he's going to be back for any matches at all. Nobody knows. I don't know if this is going to be a one-off at at WrestleMania and then he's going to go away and just finally retire. And WWE's never going to bother him again. But you know WWE is going to need major attractions for every Saudi show for the next seven years while they're still in agreement with the Saudi government. I don't know how many Goldberg matches are going to be enticing to the prince and the Saudi government. I don't know how many Goldberg matches are going to be enticing to the fans to watch these shows. There legitimately is nobody else. Those shows are going to start to look very, very ordinary And I don't think the Saudi government's going to appreciate that. But if Stone Cold Steve Austin is back and he takes a match here and a match there and three million there and three million there, five million over there, who's to say that we don't see Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle maybe twice, three, four times, twice a year like Goldberg? Maybe one of those matches because he actually mentioned his name tonight and in that type of way, maybe we get Lesnar versus Austin in Saudi. I don't know. I'm not for it. I'm not. I don't want to see 57-year-old Stone Cold Steve Austin against Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. I hope to God that the KO show at WrestleMania is his last ordeal in WWE. Lesnar then says, enough of the chance. You, you, you felt like he was getting frustrated with the what chance. So Lesnar then goes on and says, he and Reigns will be wedding crashers. His title will have a baby with Reigns' title, and Lesnar gets full custody. He says he's in a great mood tonight because in six days, he finally gets his hand on Roman Reigns. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Lesnar says he will stand over Reigns, raise both titles in the air, and they will announce him as your new champion, Brock Lesnar. So, this was pretty much the gist of the promo. Nothing that we haven't heard before from Brock Lesnar. Same thing with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns on SmackDown, he said when he wins and he beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, he is going to be the undisputed WWE 
universal champion. Now, I don't know if that's going to be what WWE ends up doing, but from what we heard uh, from Roman on SmackDown, it may actually end up being the WWE championship that goes away, and we only have one universal championship. I I don't agree with that if that's the way WWE is going about this unification match. I honestly think the the universal championship should be the one that goes away I think that Roman should retire as the longest reigning and defending universal champion of all time. Nobody will top his record. Retire the title and hold on to the WWE championship. And to me, in my honest opinion, Reigns is holding the universal title. Which title would you would you rather proudly hold up as a sign of your savagery and a sign of your accomplishment at WrestleMania. Universal Championship's been yours for 600 days. You're going after Brock's title. I would want to hold up the WWE Championship as a sign of victory that you conquered the beast at WrestleMania. Plus, the WWE Championship is so much more prestigious than the Universal Championship. To see the WWE Championship go away for however long it goes away, I don't think WWE is going to stick to their guns with this one. I do think that we see it this year again. And this all was a fucking farce, this unification. But if one title needs to go away, it should be the Universal Championship. That's just me. The WWE Championship should not go anywhere just on the prestige alone. But I'm not Bruce. I'm not Vince. I'm not fucking people power. I don't make the decisions there. That's what I would do. The Lesnar promo was a little hokey for me. Smiling too much for me on Brock Lesnar's behalf tonight. I just want to see them... Shed blood on Sunday, and that's all I care about. WWE clearly is running out of ideas with these two. We got one more show on Friday. There's really nothing that needs to be done or nothing needs to be said. Just give me a video package and let these guys go to Dallas and get ready for what they got to do in the main event. The Miz versus Rey Mysterio. This was the first match that opened the show. So Miz comes out. And he grabs a microphone before we get to the match with Rey Mysterio. He says he doesn't have Rey Mysterio's mask tonight because he gave it to the real greatest luchador in the world. So Miz welcomes fans to Pittsburgh. Welcome, Lucha Logan. Logan Paul comes out dressed as a luchador in Rey Mysterio's mask. This is what WWE is giving us at WrestleMania, yet Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Ricochet don't have matches at WrestleMania. Quite sad that WWE's put more effort into fucking Logan Paul than both Intercontinental and United States Champion. And Damian Priest, who's been booked pretty decently on Monday Night Raw for the last year and a half. He himself doesn't even have a WrestleMania match. Last year, he was in WrestleMania with Bad Bunny. This year, you get jack shit. It's quite pathetic. Lucha Logan. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. 
They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So he comes out wearing Rey Mysterio's mask. Miz calls Lucha Logan the greatest luchador in history. Says unmasking Rey was the most disrespectful thing he could do to Rey Mysterio as a luchador. And he will keep taking disrespect because he's not getting it. Miz says he will take his own mask from Rey tonight and wear it at WrestleMania. So out comes Rey and Dominic Mysterio. Dominic hits the ring. He attacks the Miz. Takes him down. Starts going away at him with punches. Referee sees this. He throws him out of the ringside area. Dominic's got to go to the back. Hopefully he goes to the back and down to NXT and never shows up on Monday Night Raw again. I think Dominic should stay on Tuesday nights. So we get this match. This match pretty much was majority commercial break. And then when we get back from the commercial break, the ending of the match just legitimately came out of nowhere. So, Ray won quick with a roll-up. Most of this happened, like I said, during the commercial break. It was nothing more than a a, a quick one, two, three roll-up from behind. Dominic ran back, and he ran to the ring. He shoved Paul onto the middle rope. The Mysterios were going to try and 619 Logan Paul, but Ray and Dominic, they were too late because the Miz pulled him out of harm's way. So, Ray... Managed to take the mask off of Logan Paul in this instance. So he got his mask back. The Mysterios then did the 619 to the Miz and beat him up. Both guys, both Dominic and Ray, they frog splashed Miz off the top rope. And Logan Paul does not show any remorse for the Miz whatsoever. He did not even attempt to save him from the 619, but the Miz saved Logan Paul from the 619. I don't know. I don't know how anybody is going to find this interesting going into WrestleMania. This legitimately, folks, is a bathroom break match on WrestleMania weekend. And I I still, I find it very weird how WWE has put more effort into Johnny Knoxville, more effort into fucking Pat McAfee. He's late to the party. He got a fucking WrestleMania match. WWE's putting more effort into Pat McAfee wrestling at WrestleMania, over their Intercontinental Champion, over their United States Champion, both which have been relegated to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal on Friday, SmackDown on Friday, which is being dubbed WrestleMania SmackDown, which we all know is not WrestleMania. What a fucking joke. Rey Mysterio wins, he beats The Miz, and WWE giving us WrestleMania matches on WrestleMania Raw Because we're so fucking interested in what's going to happen now on WrestleMania weekend. We go to Seth Rollins. And like I said at the top, Seth Rollins was in a meeting with Vince McMahon at the WWE headquarters Titan Tower in Stamford, Connecticut. We went over that. 
People are expecting Cody Rhodes. Vince McMahon announced that Rollins will get to WrestleMania. He will have a WrestleMania match, and his opponent will be somebody of Vince McMahon's choosing. So that is the latest there. We go from Seth Rollins and his WrestleMania match against Cody. Against, or Omos rather, against the Viking Raiders in a two-on-one handicap match. Now the rumor going around is that Omos is going to get a WrestleMania match. And the rumored name was a returning Bobby Lashley. Now, I actually had a fear that Lashley was going to be out much longer than he was being reported. And he was not going to be able to come back to WWE television. And and I figured WWE would go and get some legend to come back and wrestle Omos. Maybe it would be Goldberg. Maybe they bring back the great Kali. Maybe they bring in Kane. And they do the job for Omos at WrestleMania. The rumor about Bobby Lashley ended up coming true tonight. Bobby Lashley made his return to WWE television. Is he 100%? I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, no, Bobby Lashley is not 100%. He's coming back to do a WrestleMania payday, get paid, and then go and get whatever he needs to get done and remain out for the majority of the summer. Two-on-one handicap match here. The Viking Raiders. Eric and Ivar against Omas. This was a complete waste of time. I don't know why, of all people, in the back, being that you got both Raw and SmackDown, I don't know why you couldn't send anybody else out there. Why did it have to be Eric and Ivar of the Viking Raiders? Eric and Ivar of the Viking Raiders just competed for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And tonight, they were treated like complete geeks. They were fucking buried tonight. It wasn't as bad as I expected it to be, but they were buried by WWE, buried by Omos tonight. It's inexcusable. When you got Dominic Dijakovic back there, T-Bag, when you got Mace back there, and you got guys like Gulak and R-Truth, and Tazawa, and and whatever. You could have found two local Pittsburgh jobbers on the Indies. Why did it need to be the Viking Raiders when your plan all along tonight was to bring out Bobby Lashley and have the match announced for WrestleMania? This is why I get pissed off. This is why I get upset. Decisions like that negligence for talent like that. You may think the tag team division is dead, and you're correct. I've been saying it for years. But guys like that should not be put in a position to get buried by Omas just so that they could be feeders for Bobby Lashley to come out and announce his match with Omas at WrestleMania. This match lasted maybe, what, a minute? Omos decked Eric with a clothesline. Eric rolled out of the ring, could not make it back into the ring. He had to sell this clothesline from Omos. Referee counted to 10. Ivar never even made it in the ring. He gets into the ring. He jumps on the apron. He gets a big boot right to the face. Omos knocks him down, 
complete and utter geeks, the Viking Raiders retreated like tonight. After the match, Bobby Lashley comes out and he makes his way down the aisle. Kevin Patrick gets in the ring, interviews Omas, pointing to how he's undefeated and he's never been knocked off of his feet. Omas, I want you guys to remember this. Omas is undefeated and he's never been knocked off of his feet. It's a big selling point, right? Whoever's going to WrestleMania to challenge Omas, that's the big selling point of the match. He's undefeated and hasn't been knocked off of his feet. So Omas says, I'm undefeated. I will dominate everybody. And Kevin Patrick asks, if there's anyone Omas respects, Bobby Lashley's music hits and he interrupts Omas as Omas is smiling and he's rubbing his hands in anticipation. So Omas and Lashley are in the ring. They have this stare down. Bobby Lashley is pacing back and forth. Fans are chanting, Bobby, Bobby. Lashley looks at the WrestleMania sign. He nods in agreement, in approval at the WrestleMania sign. Omas sends him to the corner with one hand, pushes him away. Lashley fights back, but Omas completely manhandles Bobby Lashley and starts to talk trash, sending him into each corner. Lashley begins to get angry now. He charges Bo Omas, stuns him, and shoves him into the ropes. Lashley then charges again, ducks in Omas' clothesline, and then knocks Omas off of his feet. Let me reiterate that for you. He ducks a clothesline, does Bobby Lashley. And he knocks Omas off of his feet with a shoulder tackle. Omas goes to the floor, starts yelling at Bobby Lashley, saying he doesn't want any of this. Oh, you you don't want none of this, Bobby. I'm Omas. Right, on the outside. And... Lashley yells back at Omas. Fans are chanting Bobby, Bobby as he points up, doing the typical pointing at the WrestleMania sign, points up to the WrestleMania 38 sign, and we have our match between Bobby Lashley and Omas. You know, all those months ago, going into the Royal Rumble, man, I predicted this would be a WrestleMania match, but for the WWE Championship, and Makes my fucking skin crawl. I I even said that WWE only gave Bobby Lashley the match with Lesnar because he was about to put over Omos at WrestleMania and Omos was going to be the new WWE champion. Thank fucking Jesus Christ himself. That was not the decision that WWE went with. There were people that were saying and reporting that was going to be a thing. Thank God. So I was half right. Here we are with the same match. Minus a championship being on the line. But what did I say? What did I tell you guys to pay attention to? Omas. The main thing about Omas is that he's undefeated and that he hasn't been knocked off his feet. WWE had Bobby Lashley knock Omas off of his feet with a fucking shoulder tackle on Monday Night Raw. So my question to you guys is, what's the fucking point in having the match? 
Why would I or anybody be interested in this match knowing that one of the biggest selling points, Omas, not being knocked off his feet yet, was knocked off his feet tonight? They gave you the hook of the match before we got to WrestleMania. So I ask again, why the fuck would anybody care? My other question is, who wins this match? Who's going to win this match? Is Bobby Lashley 100%? I doubt it. I think Bobby Lashley was so obsessed with being at WrestleMania that he's working hurt. I don't think Bobby Lashley's 100%. Bobby Lashley's there to help and to get paid. And then he's going to go get his shoulder fixed. Or whatever the fuck is wrong with him taken care of. Omas is the guy, the giant. I don't know why. It's fucking utterly useless to me. His ceiling has already been met in WWE. There's nothing about him that looks good, feels good, Omas. He's another big oaf. He doesn't know how to wrestle. What is there about Omas that people are genuinely interested in? You can see this guy on the top of the show in the headlines as WWE champion. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. So is Bobby Lashley 100%. Does Bobby Lashley come back and lose to Omas? Does Omas lose? Is Bobby Lashley ready to go? Is he back 100%? I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Bobby Lashley is about to lose in about 90 seconds at WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley's not 100%. Bobby Lashley's merely here for a payday. He's going to put over Omas. Omas is going to look dominating. And then he's going to go get fixed and then come back at the end of the summer. And Omas is the guy that WWE is pushing as their new giant in WWE. But it's the same old song and dance with guys like Omas. When they are beaten, the whole package, the whole giant shtick, the whole just lore of, of Omas is gone. Once he is defeated... That's it. There's nothing more than he, that he has that he could put his hat on. It's over. And I'm not excited about this match whatsoever. But you know what? I know why WWE. I know why Vince. I know why Bruce are booking this match. Because Omos standing in the ring. And Bobby Lashley's a fucking monster. There's not many people bigger than Bobby Lashley. But WWE gets their fucking cocks hard over Omos sta- dwarfing. Bobby Lashley, that's what they want. The visual of both of these men is what they want at WrestleMania, and that's why they are in a match together. I get why they're doing it. This is not my first rodeo with WWE, I know. But do you genuinely fucking care? No, nobody does. Nobody does. And Omos, he's already peaked, and there's nothing more for Omos to do on this show. And I fear if WWE goes even further with Omos, what WWE is capable of with this guy, it it would ruin, it would be Jinder Mahal level whatever. Jinder Mahal level bad. Terrible. On Monday Night Raw. Reggie was in the back. He's backstage with Dana Brooke catering. Apparently she got lost. She didn't know where she was going. Catering's the other way, honey. Reggie is leading you away from catering. Reggie has something on his mind, and Brooke reassures him that he can come to her with anything. Reggie drops to one knee, and it sounds like he's about to propose, but Dana Brooke interrupts and says, Reggie, this is so sudden. 
Reggie says they don't have to wait until this weekend to have their WrestleMania moment. They can have one right now. And Reggie gets on one knee and he pulls out an engagement ring and proposes to Dana Brooke. Isn't Dana Brooke engaged to somebody else in real life? And here she is, WWE is having her engaged to or proposed to and having her engaged to Reggie on WWE TV. It's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? So she says yes. And Tamina comes barreling from out of nowhere and knocks over Dana Brooke, goes to pin her for the 24-7 title. Reggie saves her, pulls her up, and they run away. So Kira Tozawa shows up in a suit, and Tamina is about to yell at him for whatever's going on here, but he says he heard Reggie was about to propose to Dana. So Tozawa dropped to one knee, and he proposed to Tamina. And he has a ring, saying that she's his earth, wind, and fire. So she interrupts him and yanks him up by his collar and asks, what do you think? She looks to smack him up upside the head, looks to beat him up. But she holds out her hand, and he puts the ring on her finger. Tamina says yes, as Akira Tozawa proposed to Tamina, and Reggie proposed to Dana Brooke. WWE has reached fucking sub-levels of cringe with this 24-7 title bullshit. Again, I don't know how anybody finds this to be interesting. I guess everybody really does have to get a WrestleMania moment. Are we going to get a uh, WrestleMania wedding with these two? It's fucking ridiculous. Then R-Truth is in the back and he's teasing that he's going to be the officiant of both of their weddings. I got an idea. And he's already teasing that he's going to be there in disguise as the officiant to their weddings so that he can steal a 24-7 championship. Bottom of the barrel level cringe by WWE. Get it off my TV. I'm awaiting the day where the 24-7 title is fucking burned live on television, man. I I don't believe that we're still running with this fucking shtick on Monday Night Raw. It's ridiculous. Roman Reigns. He's out there with the Usos. They're all wearing red because they're on Monday Night Raw. So Reigns says he's coming out here to shine his light on us. Talk about God mode and talk about being the needle mover. To talk about how he used to run Monday Night Raw until Fox begged him to come and save SmackDown, which, I mean, Roman's great and all, but SmackDown is well beyond saving, folks. SmackDown is the worst fucking show in the entire industry. That was Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw is actually better than SmackDown. Don't believe I'm saying that. Monday Night Raw is no better. They got their own fucking problems, but... If you watch SmackDown on a weekly basis, man, holy shit. Does that show reek of fucking garbage? So Fox begged him to come save SmackDown. These are all facts. These are all true. Fans are now giving Roman Reigns the watch treatment. Reigns says he's done all that there is to do in this business. He says if fans keep giving him the watch treatment, he's going to smash them all like he is going to. Brock Lesnar, and like he would, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's he's, going to smash both of them. So Reigns continues and says he's done everything except beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. There's your little seed planted on who's going to win the match, folks. 
that statistic isn't thrown in the promo for shits and giggles. That's being said on purpose. Roman Reigns has never beaten Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania until he beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania on Sunday night and becomes the unified champion of WWE. Reigns continues and says he's done everything except beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and that pisses him off. Fans are chanting Suplex City. Reigns says if the crowd wants to talk about Brock, let's do it. Reigns says what bothers him about Brock is how Brock was out for blood a few weeks ago. It was personal to him, but he's already spilled Reigns' blood. Reigns then recalled how he was busted open by Lesnar at WrestleMania 34 in 2018. One of the worst WrestleMania main events in the history of WrestleMania was that main event. I don't know which one was worse, that one or 32 with him and Triple H. Fucking terrible. What a disaster that WrestleMania 34 main event was. He goes on about Lesnar making him bleed all over New Orleans. His father was disappointed. His wife wanted him out of the business and so on. Reigns goes on and says, they're going to take everything from Lesnar. He's already taken Brock's advocate and upgraded him to special counsel. He goes on about talking about Lesnar's blood at Madison Square Garden and says this Sunday he will make the final move by taking Brock's title then Brock will know what it feels like to make it personal because Reigns will make it personal because it's always been personal to Roman Reigns. Reigns is now angry. Fans are booing him. Reigns raises his finger in the air. So do the Usos. And that's pretty much all that there is with Roman Reigns and his final words going into WrestleMania on Sunday against Brock Lesnar. The one big caveat is And WWE waited until the end to give you this little statistic. Roman Reigns has never beaten Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, dot, 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 until Sunday night. So now you know exactly what's happening, as if you did not already know what was going to happen on Sunday night. Excuse me. We got Carmella and Zelina Vega. They got into a backstage argument last week. Then they came out together that night to take out some of their anger on their WrestleMania challenges and stand together victorious in the ring. Vega and Carmella are now backstage on the same page going into WrestleMania. They laugh about the cheap shots on the challenges last week. Shayna Baszler and Natalia show up, the Queen of Hearts and the Queen of Spades. Now you know why they're a tag team. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, and they show up to tell them, to follow their lead in this eight-woman tag team match, and then maybe they'll let the champs live long enough to see WrestleMania. So we got an eight-woman tag team match. By the way, folks, I'm waiting for WWE to tell you in November that the Survivor Series is the one time of year where Raw wrestles SmackDown which we all know will be bullshit because it's happened maybe three or four different times already in WWE, and we're not even through the fucking month of March yet. Eight-woman tag team match. This is Sasha Banks, Naomi, Rhea Ripley, and Liv Morgan going up against Natalia, Shayna Baszler, Queen Zelina, and Carmella. Match went about eight minutes. Really nothing over the top. Very generic shit. Nothing exciting. This not this did not make me excited about the women's tag team title match. I don't think anybody out there is excited about the women's tag team title match. 
If you are, you must be fucking eight years old. This match means nothing for the greater scheme of WrestleMania. Nothing. In fact, the winners of this match will be Sasha Banks and Naomi. And my question is, what exactly do they do differently with the titles that everybody else before them could not? That's what I want to know. Until you answer that question for me, I'm going to continue shitting on the tag team division, quote-unquote, there is none, and the tag team championships. Sasha Banks was being worked over by the heel team, and Banks tagged out. Naomi and Morgan each hit Vega with their signature moves before Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan finished off Zelina with a riptide, combination riptide finisher, for the one, two, three, and that was it. Honestly, nothing to this match. Nothing to this match. Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan are not winning this match. They won the match here. Natalia and Shayna Baszler, they will not be winning the tag team championships because why would they? Just look at the fucking team. They're both as they're, they're both ice cold. Zelina and and uh, and Carmella, they're losing the titles to Sasha Banks and Naomi. Moving on, man, we got a video package with Stone Cold Steve Austin. This video package was Stone Cold Steve Austin, man, as if we don't know who the fuck Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Video package was incredibly produced. It had the backing track of Kid Rock, Bawa Taba. Every time I hear that song, man, it gets you pumped up. WWE used that song very well in this video package documenting the highlights of Stone Cold's career over the course of his WWE run. Excellent stuff. I'm sure we'll see it about six, seven times before we even get to WrestleMania. So I loved it, and the video package was incredibly well done. This all leads to Kevin Owens and him in the ring cutting a final promo about Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Kevin Owens show. So Owens is watching this, and he says, wow, what a great video package from the people in the back. He's getting the what treatment. Reigns got the what treatment. Lesnar got the what treatment. And Pittsburgh gave Kevin Owens the what treatment. Owens says last week he was just paying homage to the great Stone Cold Steve Austin that we all love and remember. Owens knows everyone is ecstatic about Austin as his guest on the KO show in the main events. Of WrestleMania 38. Kevin Owens let the cat out of the bag, I guess. The main event of WrestleMania. I'm going to stop here and I want to let you guys know, from my point of view, why this is a great move. Traditionally, WWE does not end with talk show segments to close WrestleMania. This is a two-night WrestleMania. They got the 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 leverage to do whatever the fuck they want for night one because they all know that we're getting a night two and we're getting Lesnar and Roman Reigns for the Universal and WWE Championships. Typically, WWE doesn't end WrestleMania with these types of segments. They did so at WrestleMania where it was The Undertaker and AJ Styles in a graveyard match, but there were no fans, so that was appropriate. And that was great. That was a great way to end night one of WrestleMania. I don't mind this ending night one of WrestleMania. In fact, I'm actually very pleased 
This is ending night one of WrestleMania. The build with Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. My name is Ronda Rousey. And I, uh, I'm not showing up to Monday Night Raw because I broke my hand. Ronda Rousey, Ronda Drowsy. This is not a WrestleMania main event match. Ronda has shit the bed in her WWE return. There's nothing about her that's intriguing. There's nothing about her that's interesting. Ronda can't even fucking cut a promo. For the love of Christ, never put another microphone in her fucking hand as long as she is here. She won the Royal Rumble. I'm, ass- I'm assuming fans are not pleased that Ronda won the Royal Rumble at the number 30 position. Nobody gives a shit about Ronda Rousey. She's coming out smiling and waving and she's shaking hands and she's guiding grandmas down the fucking street, crossing the fucking red light, right? Carrying grandma's uh, supermarket groceries to the fucking, to the, to the taxi to get her home. Ronda Rousey, man. A good Samaritan is Ronda Rousey, shaking hands and waving and smiling. Why isn't Ronda Rousey getting over, folks? Ronda Rousey is a fucking heel. That's why. She's out there parading to be a babyface. Why does Becky Lynch suck as a, as a heel? Because she's a babyface. WWE, th- this is how clueless they are. They have absolutely miscast both of the biggest names in their women's division. How do you fuck that up? How do you fuck that up? Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair and the promos that we've gotten and the build that we've gotten and the interest that's coming out of this match is absolutely non-existent. Charlotte thought she was slick. I know for a fact she politicked to get that WrestleMania main event. Put me in the ring with Ronda. I know everybody wants Ronda and Becky. I want Ronda first. Charlotte thought she was going to have a WrestleMania main event, but that's when Stone Cold Steve Austin decided to come back and do WrestleMania with Kevin Owens. Now, Charlotte Flair is not the main event of WrestleMania. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens are. But JD, why is this a good decision? One's a talk show, one's for a title. I don't give a fuck what title Ronda and Charlotte are fighting over. Do you realize the one huge problem that WWE would absolutely look like a bunch of idiots over. If they put Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey in the main event and Kevin Owens with Stone Cold Steve Austin on before the main event, if it was reversed, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey would be eaten alive in Dallas at AT AT&T Stadium. Everybody is more than likely going to be more interested in Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens than they are Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. If you put them on after the KO show, they will be dying a thousand deaths in the main event. There's not one single fucking person that's going to give a shit about that after watching Stone Cold Steve Austin stomp a fucking mud hole in Kevin Owens and walk it dry while drinking Stone Cold IPA. Never. Gonna happen. Never gonna happen. If you put it on in the middle of the fucking show, it'll be the same goddamn problem. Rhonda and Charlotte have done nothing to deserve and done nothing to elicit, hey, this is a main event match. 
What are we fighting over? The SmackDown Women's Championship. What's the issue here? Oh, Ronda's got one more submission move that I need to learn now. Now we're, now we're about even. Ronda's got a leg lock. I got an armbar. That's what we're fighting over? That's what we're fighting over. I dare WWE to put Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey on in the main event. They will be eaten alive in Texas. That's the reason why I'm putting Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens on in the main event. I'm okay with it. I'm a traditionalist. I'm a traditionalist. I want to see a singles match. I want to see a title in the main event. But this year, I'm bypassing that because I know what's best for the show. And Kevin Owens and Stone Cold, they're promoting it as a Kevin Owens show, but you know it's going to be so much more than just a fucking talk show. WWE would not even be thinking about this unless Stone Cold is going to give us at least seven to eight minutes of ass-kicking on Kevin Owens. And they're going to show Stone Cold in all of his glory, the glass is going to shatter, and beer is going to be fucking flowing, and that's the way WrestleMania Night 1 is going to go off the air. So Kevin Owens is out there, and he's talking about Stone Cold, the Stone Cold Steve Austin that we used to admire. Owens says that Austin's been gone for 19 years, and he's never coming back. Owens says it will be Steve on the KO show, not Stone Cold. But the same Steve that has been drinking himself into oblivion for 19 years. The same Steve who is so bored, he begs people to come on his podcast so we can talk about the good old days and make him feel relevant again. Owen says Steve isn't coming to pick a fight because he knows what would happen if he does. He's coming to the KO show to have another chat about his career. Owens is glad Austin accepted his invitation and says he will give Austin the biggest platform he's ever had, make him feel good, and then give him the send-off he thinks he deserves. He says he's going to do something special for Steve. He hates beer. He thinks it's disgusting, but he's going to drink one beer with Stone Cold. Now, I don't know if KO is completely against alcohol or if he just doesn't like beer, but I guarantee you, that if I got K, if I don't know, again, I don't know if he drinks, but I guarantee you that if Kevin Owens indulges in a fine beverage every now and then, I'd be the person to get him interested in a beer. I guarantee you I can find something that Kevin Owens would say, this is good. This is delicious. Guarantee it. So Owens says he's going to drink a beer with Steve. He says, They can toast to Austin finally officially passing the torch to Owens as not only the new Stone Cold, but the true master of the stunner because Owens 316 says my stunner is better than yours. And some fans are telling, uh, you know, obviously responding to this and most continue to boo. Owens warns Austin there will be a stunner and Austin will be on the receiving end if he tries to get funny with Owens. Owens says if Austin tries to pick a fight, he will pour one of Austin's beers on his lifeless carcass, and that's the bottom line because KO said so. Owens was great here. Owens was great here. Kevin Owens doesn't drink or, or do drugs. Okay. There you go. I'm sorry if I, uh, if I came off that way, but it was, it was just a con. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. But if, if he ever wanted to try anything, I'm pretty sure I could... Find something that would uh, make his taste buds do a nice little dance. This was great. Owens was great here. I I thought this was very passionate. 
Owens is really selling this and doing a great job. I don't really, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of whatever's going on here. I, I don't agree with Austin coming back. I can't hate it because Stone Cold is one of the greatest of all time. He's on my Mount Rushmore. I don't agree with why WWE is bringing him back. I don't like the fact that WrestleMania is filled with a bunch of one-offs and they're leaving some notable talent off the roster, off the show, on the roster. But I got to give Kevin Owens some credit, man. And whoever's calling me sexist in the chat, get him the fuck out of here. Hooligram, get him the fuck out of here. I don't know who the fuck is calling me sexist because Ronda Rousey fucking sucks. Get them the fuck out of the chat. You want to come here and say it? Now you're gone forever. Tired of it. Tired of the fucking bullshit, man. I tell you exactly what you want to hear, and then I get called bullshit. Kevin Owens was fucking great here. And Kevin Owens is doing the best that he can with this feud. It's basically all by himself. Stone Cold hasn't been on the show. He wasn't ever going to be on the show. And KO is selling this going into WrestleMania and making it as good as it could possibly be. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it at all. I don't like the part-timers and the one-offs. I don't like the negligence on the roster. But KO is doing a great job here. Minus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Speaking of which. Speaking of which. Ricochet. He's the Intercontinental Champion. I want you guys to be aware of that. Ricochet is the Intercontinental Champion. He won that championship from Sami Zayn. Everybody was like, oh my God. Oh my goodness. Ricochet is getting a big push. Ricochet is going to be a great Intercontinental Champion. I love Ricochet. I think Ricochet is great. I think Ricochet should be greater than an Intercontinental Champion. I think Ricochet has been kind of mistreated over the last four years. I think Ricochet should be one of the main event guys in the fucking company. Ricochet won the Intercontinental Championship from Sami Zayn a few weeks back. Ricochet goes into Friday Night SmackDown this week, loses to both Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Ricochet shows up on Monday Night Raw and loses to Austin Theory in about three minutes. Ricochet lost three times since Friday, clean as Intercontinental Champion. I don't understand how WWE could look at Ricochet and book him as poorly as they have. I don't know how WWE can look at the Intercontinental Championship and book it as poorly as they have. Ricochet wrestled Austin Theory tonight. This match lasted not even three minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. The crowd was chanting, we want Pat. For Pat McAfee. Because Austin Theory is wrestling Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. Nobody gives a shit about Ricochet. Pittsburgh clearly did not give a shit about Ricochet. Pat McAfee's from Pittsburgh. They gave more shit about Pat McAfee than they did the Intercontinental Champion, Ricochet. Theory won quick. Two minutes, clean as a fucking whistle. With his ATL finish move, 
two minutes. Ricochet loses in a non-title match. You know, I remember vividly. I remember vividly. I was one of the few people, and I love Ricochet. Like I said, I've been a big fan of Ricochet ever since he joined the WWE, man. Even before that, people criticized me. JD's always negative. WWE finally gives one of his guys what he wants, and he's still negative. He's this, he's that, he's never happy about anything. Where are these people now? Where are you people now is what I want to know. Everybody that called me negative and everybody that made off off comments about me indirectly and, and, and mentioned me and me being negative and me not being happy. And JD and AEW shill. He wears an AEW hoodie on all his WWE shows. He licks Tony Khan's nutsack. He drinks out of the fucking glass of Tony Khan's cum. I, I heard it all, man. I'm on the payroll. Tony Khan doesn't need me. The fuck does he want me for? But where are all these people? Where are all these people, man? I don't hear you now. You're really fucking silent, man. You're really quiet in the still of the night. Why is that? You you want to know why? It's because I was right. I was right the entire fucking time. I knew exactly what WWE was going to do with Ricochet when he won that championship. If you are somebody that gives WWE any sort of benefit of the doubt, You are a complete nimrod. This company cannot ever be trusted. Ricochet, at the end of the day, is a black and gold. Ricochet will be buried any chance that he gets. Any chance that he gets buried. I wouldn't be surprised if Ricochet lost the fucking title on Fridays in a triple threat match with both Humberto and Angel Garza. Just take the title off him. But everybody was excited. Oh, Ricochet's the Intercontinental Champion. I was the one person who questioned, why are you so excited about this when you know better than I do exactly what's coming? You see, people in the community, they emit fakeness. They try and pretend to be positive, to stay away from the negative. They try and be positive to hide you from the truth because they think negativity is going to be a misstep for their channel. It's going to be... Uh, a negative, quote-unquote, for that channel. It's going to drive viewers away, right? But I honestly think the other way. If I'm not honest with you, I honestly think my dishonesty would drive viewers away. If I wasn't giving you guys exactly what you wanted to hear and the fucking truth of the matter, because at the end of the day, we want better shows, I don't think I would have 2,600 people beating a fightful and beating every other fucking content creator that's live doing this thing on a Monday night. I wouldn't have any audience. Why are you here? Because I'm I'm not afraid to tell you that, yeah, Ricochet won the Intercontinental Championship. We all love Ricochet. But what the fuck are you excited about? Now you see why I do and why I say what I say. What a fucking joke. Two minutes to a guy that's wrestling Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. Somebody that's not even on his fucking brand. You couldn't pick anybody else in that locker room. Both Raw and SmackDown were backstage. You could not 
pick anybody else to wrestle Austin Theory tonight? It had to be. It had to be. Ricochet. Now you know why I say the shit that I do. Never give these people the benefit of the doubt. Ever. Title's better off fucking buried. Six feet under. The 24-7 title is more prestigious than the Intercontinental Championship. Imagine that. When is this guy's contract up? As soon as his deal is up, he may be one of these lifers, man. I don't know. He may be dumb enough to sign with the fucking company. Or it's maybe somebody in Ricochet. Maybe, maybe he's the type of guy that I think he is. That values his fucking work ethic and wants to go out there and be the best fucking pro wrestler on the goddamn planet. Triple H let him do it. Vince and Bruce are afraid to let him do it. Why? Because he's black and gold. He represents everything that WWE is not. That's why he's being buried. When is his contract up? Swear on my fucking grandfather's tomb. This guy isn't on the phone with Tony Khan on day 89 of his fucking 90-day non-compete if they let if he makes it that far. I'd be shocked. Might as well let this guy go after WrestleMania. Take the title off him. Release him. Viking Raiders got buried in two minutes tonight. They're going to be on the fucking Nikon budget cut list at the end of WrestleMania. Mark my words. Shotzi, Dijak, Mace, everybody along those lines. You just feel it. Aaliyah, Viking Raiders, Apollo, Aziz, all gone. They're all gone. I I, I have fucking premonitions of who's going to be gone. Watch. What a joke. Fucking complete disaster. The Intercontinental Championship should be at WrestleMania in a six-way ladder match, paying homage and in, in, in memorial to fucking Razor Ramon. Now, but Ricochet's off the show, and he's losing to fucking Austin Theory in 90 seconds. Yes, Drew Gulak. Could I Drew Gulak go out there and, and, and lose to Austin Theory? Drew Gulak. Fucking ridiculous. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. They started hour three. And we're going to get into hour three in just a little bit, man. I got I to gotta take a step back, man. I, I, need, I need a couple of sips of my cold beverage, man. That is damn good, man. That is damn good. We got 2,600 in the venue, man. Thank you guys very much for joining me on this Monday night. Free Monday Night Raw post show right here on Off The Scripts. Today, sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. After a show like this, man, you're going to need some fucking Blue Chew because I know for a fucking fact you're going into the bedroom disappointed. And nobody wants to feel disappointed, especially your partner, man. Come on. Guys, we all know that confidence really can take you far in all aspects of life. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. It's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You guys can take them anytime, day or night, so you guys can plan ahead and be ready whenever the opportunity arises. 
The process is very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their licensed online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days, man. And the best part, it's all done online. You don't have to go to the doctor's office. There's no awkward conversations. There's no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Everybody knows how annoying that is. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package. You know, I usually say, man, first impressions, you only get one. That first impression is the most important. But when it comes to Bluetooth, man, it's about that lasting impression. That's what I always say when it comes to Bluetooth, man. What about those lasting impressions? And I got a special deal for everybody, man. You're going to sign up at BlueChew.com. You're going to use code JD at checkout. And you're going to get a free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. It's a great fucking deal, man. BlueChew.com, promo code JD. Receive your first month free. And you're going to BlueChew.com and get all the information and details that you need. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the podcast right here for the Monday Night Raw Post Show on Off the Script. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, man. I went hard on Becky Lynch last week. She cut a very Lord of the Ring-esque promo where everybody claimed that she was cutting the best promo of the entire year. Nowhere even close. Nowhere even close, man. She was talking about rings and fucking swords and wizards and uh, Schmeagol and uh, hobbitses. She was talking about all this shit, man. I thought she was auditioning for the next Peter Jackson fantasy film. Becky Lynch. She's out there. Well, she's not out there yet, but Bianca Belair is out there. Same old tired shtick with Bianca Belair. Comes out skipping and waving her braid and smiling. You know, I'd love to be a fly on the fucking wall, man, for these creative writers, Bruce and Vince. Ah, we gotta have Bianca smile. This is what I don't get. This woman had a steel chair wrapped around her fucking face and she was thrown into the steel post. She makes her first appearance back since being dubbed with an injury and she's out there <laughs> smiling. You figure if you have that done, you're coming out and you're ready to fuck a bitch up. Now she's out there. <laughs> Bianca Biller. I don't believe the miscast of characters and the mishandling of characters by WWE. It's ridiculous. Would you be smiling? Would you be smiling if somebody attempted to wrap a steel chair around your fucking face and impale you on a steel post? I know I wouldn't. But here she is, smiling. Belair brings up about last week and how she'd do anything to keep her title, Becky Lynch. Belair says she found out two weeks ago how long Lynch would go or how low Lynch would go. She went pretty low with that fucking promo. Belair says her success threatens Lynch. What's... (laughs) What success? What success? He lost in 26 seconds. What success? Wow, beating Doe Drop eight fucking times. Wow, what success? Belair says she's back like she's never left. 
LS says this is going to be something that goes on too long, dating back to SummerSlam. And Lynch has tried everything in the book to make sure the title stays with her. She goes on and asks, what else Lynch has up her sleeve? I don't know. Maybe she's got one of fucking Frodo Baggins' fucking recipes. Maybe she's got uh, Gandalf the Grey's fucking magic spells, man. I don't know. What has she got up her sleeve? She reminds Belair, or Becky is out there now. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm skipping ahead here. Um, what else does she have up her sleeve? Belair says Lynch has nothing because she will march into WrestleMania, take the title, and there's not a goddamn thing Becky can do about it. So, Becky's music hits, and apparently she comes from underneath the ring because she's, again, trying to play Schmeagle from Lord of the Rings. She wanted to come from the lower doldrums of the PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh. So they start brawling, and Belair beats Lynch down in the corner, and Lynch drops her with a big knee. Becky comes with a steel chair shot to the gut, and then one over the back, so Belair is down. Becky talks some trash, and she pulls out a black sock. What's in the black bag, Becky? Scissors. All of a sudden, now she's channeling her inner Brutus the Barber beefcake, man. Remember him with the fucking scissors, the shears? She's going to cut Bianca's hair. I told you it was next. The hair, bitch, she says. She pulls out some scissors. She tries to cut Belair's braid off, but Belair powers her up and gives her not one, but two KODs. Then Belair looks at the scissors. She picks up these scissors, and she goes into maniacal mode, and she starts cutting Becky Lynch's red hair, and Lynch's hair is all over the ring, man. She took a scissor job to Becky Lynch on Monday Night's Raw. Belair continued to do this. Sony Deville and Adam Pearce come out with other officials to try to try and stop Belair, and Belair exits the ring and she's celebrating, laughing, walking up the aisle after the damage has been done. Becky Lynch finally wakes up from the two KODs and can't believe what happened. She's seething, and the fans are chanting, "You deserve it!" As she's picking up the remnants of her hair. This wasn't bad. This wasn't bad. As long as we didn't get to uh, hear Becky Lynch on a microphone, uh, I'm all good in the hood. Bianca Bella, man, I could do without the smiling, especially in moments like this. I don't mind that the woman smiles. She got a very beautiful smile, but uh, I don't need Bianca Bella to fucking smile uh, as the first thing that I see after she was impaled on a fucking still post and she was supposedly injured before showing up on Monday Night Raw tonight. We got to end that shit, man. That narrative by WWE management is, is fucking pathetic. I mean, for Christ's sakes, they had Braun Breaker come out on his first Raw appearance and smile. When the fuck did we ever see Braun Breaker smile? He's a Steiner, man. The Steiners don't smile. Give me a break. Seriously. That shit's got to come to an end ASAP. Number one. Number two... I do not like the teasing of Bianca Belair getting her break cut. I don't. That's her entire act, man. If that shit goes away, Bianca really has nothing left. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. That would be a complete creative malpractice disaster if WWE cut Bianca's braid off. Becky's going to be fine, man. She had a couple of snip, snip, snips of her hair. She'll be fine. It's not like they shaved her bald. She'll be fine. But my one big question is, two, uh, two questions for everybody. I don't know if you're new here. I, I, I got to 
I, I got to ask you guys, uh, you know, some of you may be new in the chat, just joining me, watching the stream for the first time. I want to pose this question to you. Number one, what makes this match more important? What makes this match more important than what Bianca did to Sasha Banks last year at WrestleMania? Nobody has been able to answer this question for me. This match is not a big deal. This match is not bigger than what Bianca and Sasha did last year at WrestleMania. The importance of that match was far greater than what she's doing with Becky Lynch this year. Becky Lynch has not made the division better. Becky Lynch has been miscast. Becky Lynch, I don't even think the way she's played this heel, I don't think Becky Lynch has ever been good. You you, want to know what I think about Becky Lynch? Why is it that everybody thinks she's so great, but she plays a shit heel? I'm going to take Daniel Bryan as an example. Daniel Bryan, as the planet's champion in WWE, I didn't. Th- I was scared shitless, man. I'm like, this is not going to work. I can't see him as a heel. The guy had one of the best runs he's had in all of WWE in that moment. Even in AEW, man, the guy came in with the hero's welcome. Tony Khan needed him to go heel for a feud with Adam Page. He did such a great job. I don't want to see him babyface again. That is a man who knows how to play all roles given to him. That's a man who's fucking talented. Becky Lynch, she could play a good babyface. I want to see Becky Lynch play, and I don't want to use this as a a comparison, but people were using this as a comparison back when Becky Lynch was doing her thing. I want to see Becky Lynch be the ass kicker, the Stone Cold Steve Austin-like babyface for the women's division. That's when she was most enjoyable. That is when she did what she needed to do, and it was genuine. You had a little little tease of that fucking cringe-like Conor McGregor attitude in there, but now it is just complete imitation of Conor McGregor, and she does not play it right. She does not. So, in my eyes, I don't think Becky is as good as everybody claims that she is because she's obviously failed with the heel run. Whereas, everybody that I just mentioned... Brian and anybody that wants to play that role, they could go flip a switch and make it seem like it was effortless. This match with Bianca Belair is not as important as what she did with Sasha Banks. But WWE is desperately trying to make it that way. And if you think WWE had long-term booking in mind with this feud, dating back to SummerSlam, you're a complete nimrod. You're an idiot. WWE never had this in mind for WrestleMania. When they beat Bianca Belair in 26 seconds, WWE was not thinking at all about WrestleMania with Bianca Belair getting her revenge against Becky Lynch. This is the match at WrestleMania because there is nobody else. And they happened on, oh, well, we have that to pay off. We'll do that this year. Bianca needs her revenge. We'll do it. She's beating everybody else. So there's no other women in the division for Becky Lynch to wrestle. Otherwise, she would be wrestling somebody else and not Bianca Belair. And the other thing is, I find it very bizarre how WWE had Bianca Belair on the go-home show get revenge on Becky Lynch, two KODs, and a couple of snip, snip, snips of her hair. To me, I'm looking at this and I'm asking myself, and I'm going to ask you guys, do you feel like Becky Lynch is going into WrestleMania and losing that match? 
do you feel after what happened to Becky Lynch tonight on the go-home show that she's losing at WrestleMania? I don't think so. I don't think Becky Lynch is losing at WrestleMania. I don't think Becky Lynch is losing that championship for a very long time. I don't know who it's going to be against. It's not going to be Bianca. I can't see it. Pro Wrestling 101 says, if something like what happened to Becky Lynch happened to anybody, I don't see them getting embarrassed on Monday and then again on Saturday. I just don't see it. What is Bianca going to do with the Women's Championship that Becky has not? These are legitimate questions. Becky Lynch, what has she done with the championship that is so special? What is Bianca going to do with the championship that Becky has not? You're downgrading at that point. And Becky is as low as you could get. She sucks. She's done nothing to make the division better. The division is at the worst state it's been in years. Years. She loses it to Bianca. Who does she wrestle then? Who does Bianca wrestle then? Lacey Evans? Nobody wants to see that. You know, she's ready to come back. Meanwhile, Becky Lynch can still be a heel. Because I don't see WWE going back on that and turning her babyface. Asuka's coming back. Maybe they call up EO. Maybe Rhea. WWE's got some big-time fucking work to do to make that women's division feel right. I don't see Bianca Belair going into WrestleMania and being the leader that the women's division needs. I don't see WWE taking the championship off of Becky Lynch and having her in a division without the championship. WWE's not about that life yet. You know that they love their tried and trues. You know that they love their fucking elites. Bianca Belair is not winning that championship on Saturday. And after tonight, it's a very difficult thing to see. Handicap match. Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin versus Drew McIntyre. We don't want to see this match at WrestleMania, but WWE apparently thinks we want to see this match not once but twice in the same fucking week. This went two minutes. Two minutes. And Corbin didn't even get in there. He tagged tagged out to Moss. McIntyre had his way with Moss, chucked him into the corner, Corbin could tag in. Corbin left. He left his tag team partner high and dry. McIntyre gave Moss a Claymore kick, and that was it. Why bother? Yet, I'll have fucking e-drones on social media telling me this was a great Raw. This was a great Raw? This show did nothing to get me excited about Saturday or Sunday. Edge. WWE has done fucking wonders. Edge, I should say. This is probably all his fucking doing. Never mind Bruce. Edge looks and feels great, man. He is coming off so good on television. Edge. We saw Edge attack Styles with a steel chair last week, resulting in AJ's DQ over Seth Rollins. Edge is backstage somewhere like Malachi Black is on AEW, man. He's in the dark. He's got this fog behind him. He's sitting there, and he's got a scale on the desk he's sitting at. He says he had a choice to make last week. Blast Rollins with a chair and give him another beating, which was tempting, or let fate take its course. He realized he and AJ need each other for various reasons. Edge says AJ needed him to have the veil pulled off to remove the veil of mediocrity to show he's a generational talent and remind him 
that he is an era-defining superstar while he needed AJ to become who he is and to be turned into a blinding light, the benchmark of WWE. Edge goes on and says, they will push each other to a different place, but only Edge will keep soaring and AJ will stay where he is. Edge says, this will be a match for the ages at WrestleMania. He saw it in AJ's eyes last week. He knows he's already roaming in AJ's head. And at WrestleMania, it will be AJ's judgment day and AJ's judgment is sealed. He laughs, sits back, and he kind of disappears into the shadows as the segment comes to an end. Edge is great. I'm loving this heel edge. WWE announced two country singers, two country music artists to perform at WrestleMania on Saturday and Sunday. I would be genuinely curious if WWE even attempted to call Alter Bridge and get Alter Bridge to perform live at WrestleMania and perform Edge down to the ring, man. I don't know how many more WrestleManias he has left, but being that he he now changed his gimmick and has gone heel and he's got new theme music by the same band, I'd love to see them at least one time before he retires because it's never happened before show up and play him to the ring. Because I think that would be fucking mark out moment for me. Being that that is my favorite band. Number two. I'm not doubting Edge. Edge has done some of the best work of his entire career. Edge has done some of the best work of his entire career. And I see people mentioning Bailey in the chat as well. You could throw Bailey on Monday Night Raw and there's another opponent for Becky Lynch because I doubt Bailey's going to come back and be a heel. She's going to get cheered out the ass. Number two, I am not doubting Edge at all. Edge has done some of the best work of his, of, of his career. He's done some of the best in-ring work. He's done some of the best mic work of his entire career. This run. I'm not doubting. But the last time I got this excited about a match at WrestleMania that included AJ Styles was Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania 34. I don't want to get that excited again. And WWE put handcuffs on these guys and tell them to go out there and have a 15-minute match that isn't as full-blown as we know it could be. Now, Edge is not Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm not saying that. I think WWE would give Edge what he wants to make this match a, a fucking match that tears down AT&T Stadium. But the last time we got this excited about a pro wrestling match of this magnitude in WWE it was Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles at WrestleMania 34, and we were all ultimately disappointed. And we know for a fucking fact that WWE handcuffed them because they didn't want them to go out there and steal the show away from Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. They were given handcuffs. They were dumbed down. That was the fucking non-alcoholic version of what Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles could do. I don't think that's going to happen with Edge and AJ, but I'm going to tread lightly. I want to be excited, but I'm holding back that excitement. I want to be invested, but I'm going to hold it back because I don't know what WWE is going to plan on doing. They could go out there and fucking tear it down for 25 minutes. In fact, I'd actually have them open night uh, night two. They're, they're on night two. I'd have them open the fucking show. That would be a great beginning and end. Edge and AJ to open the show. Lesnar and Roman Reigns to close night, night two. I hope WWE just lets them go. That's what I hope. I don't want any restrictions here. Edge is not somebody that you restrict. AJ has been kind of lukewarm, and we all know AJ is one of the best pro wrestlers on the face of the earth. Do not restrict these guys. You let them go out there. You let them give us 30 minutes 
and you give us a fucking match of the year. That's what we need. Seriously. And I don't know what's left for Edge. Is he coming back? Is he signing? This is probably the last year of his contract. I don't know. Edge is so great. Edge is doing some of the best work of his run. I would be very disappointed if WWE doesn't reward him with at least one final run as WWE champion. I don't know what the fuck's going on with the world championship situation. Are we going to have one world championship? Are we getting one brand? Is the brand split coming to an end? I don't know. So many questions. But AJ and Edge, man, should be a show stealer on Sunday night. AJ, he was interviewed by Sarah Schreiber. She asked for his reaction to what Edge said. AJ says Edge used a lot of words to justify another cheap shot. AJ goes on and says Edge has changed his look and his music in an attempt to get in AJ's head. Mission accomplished. All AJ has thought about is what he plans to do with Edge. AJ says Edge wants to destroy him, and the feeling is mutual. AJ says the verdict is in. He will deliver a beating to Edge at WrestleMania, one that the WWE Universe and Edge will never forget. Should be a great match. Like I said, again, no restrictions. None. Main event. RK Bro, the Raw Tag Team Champions against the Usos, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Don't believe when WWE tells you that Monday Night Raw versus SmackDown happens once a year, every Survivor Series. No. This is a Raw versus SmackDown match in the main event of, of, uh, of Monday Night Raw. I've said this for weeks now. RK Bro should be at WrestleMania against the Usos. This should be the unification of the tag team championships at WrestleMania. Nothing else made sense. RK Bro beat everybody on their show. The Usos have legit no competition on SmackDown. This was a match that could have easily been slid onto either night of WrestleMania. And WWE did not do that. We get it here, and it means nothing. It means nothing. We've seen this already. We see it again, and there's nothing on the line. This match never even made sense to begin with because RK Bro can't lose. They have a tag team title defense on night two. The Usos, they can't lose. They're defending the titles against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs on night one. Neither one of these teams can lose. And Jay and Jimmy Uso, they've lost to both Boogs and Nakamura in singles matches the last two weeks on SmackDown. So why are we going to get either one of these teams losing going into WrestleMania? I don't get it. If the match doesn't make sense, don't do the match. If it's going to have a non-finish like this and nobody can win, don't do the match. Orton fought off Jimmy, tagged in Riddle. Riddle handed out a bunch of suplexes, hitting Jay with a senton to follow. Jay responded with a Samoan drop. Usos took control. They were beating down Riddle. Tossed Riddle over the barricade into the timekeeper's area. They were in control until Riddle broke free, hit Jay with a running knee. He made the hot tag to Randy Orton, who gave Jimmy a power slam. Jay, at the same time, blind tagged in. Jay tried to schoolboy Orton, but Orton gave him a power slam. Riddle wiped out Jimmy with a dive as Orton gave Jay... 
his signature draping DDT. Orton was going for the RKO. And the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins come out, ran out and attacked Randy Orton for the DQ. Nakamura and Boogs, they come out. They were sitting at ringside on commentary, not doing much of anything. They jumped in the ring to attack the Usos. They cleared the ring. Montez Ford set up for his frog frog splash on Orton. Riddle gave Dawkins an RKO. Riddle then hoisted up Ford into an RKO for Orton, who he hit with the RKO. Orton and Riddle assisted each other in handing out additional RKOs to Ford and Angelo Dawkins. And that's the way the show went off the air. With Orton and Riddle standing tall. Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, RK bro, they did not get a babyface reaction. I don't know what's going on with them. They seem to be a team that's lost in the shuffle right now where WWE is in a position where they don't know what the fuck they're doing with the Street Profits. The Alpha Academy, I think Otis and Gable have been great, but I just get a sense that WWE is about to cool them off because Chad Gable has been getting too over. Everybody's speaking highly about Chad Gable. They're going to cool him off because they didn't really expect it to get as over as it, as it did or him to get over as he did. So they may dumb that down. You got Boogs and Nakamura out there. They jumped in. The Usos were in there. The Prophets were in there. The Alpha Academy was in there. RK Bro was in there. If I was WWE, I would put all these teams in a fucking huge-ass match and I would put both tag team titles on the line, and the winner gets both tag team titles, and we unify these divisions. Seriously. Operating the way WWE is operating right now on Raw and SmackDown with three teams on one show and four teams on the other, I I don't know how anybody could look at this when they come to work every day and look at their tag team division and look at the show that they have to put together and realize that there's no fucking teams, how they wake up and see this and actively do nothing about it. This match should have been the match at WrestleMania. RK Bro and the Usos should have been the match at WrestleMania. Not what we're getting. What we're getting at WrestleMania with RK Bro is nothing but a rematch minus Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins from a few weeks back. Nakamura and Boogs challenging the Usos. The only reason why that's happening is there no, there's no teams for the Usos to beat. There's no, there's no teams for the Usos to challenge. And you know WWE wants Rick Boogs to do that Nakamura entrance in front of 70,000 people. That's it. The guitar entrance and him doing his shtick. That's it. WWE is fucking clueless when it comes to tag team wrestling. But after tonight, something desperately needs to change. There's no perfect time to change that than the Raw after WrestleMania. But this should have been the main event, or this main event, I should say, this main event match was... The WrestleMania match, that should have been. No question. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you so much for joining me on this Monday night. I think we broke that shit down better than anybody, man. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us. We're going to go over these Super Chats right now, man. Get them on in, man. It's last call at the bar for those Super Chats. We hit 1,000 likes. I see you guys, man. Thank you so very much for the 1,000 likes, man. Always helps out the video. Thank you for making us number one tonight in the YouTube wrestling community. 
Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, man. That's where I'll be all week. At JD from NY206 on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Continue to join the VIP club, man. Become a channel member. Guys, get those emotes and those custom badges next to your name. We just hit over 400 channel members, man. So become a part of the ever-growing OTS VIP club. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed. Off the script, 423 on Saturday. We got WWE 2K22 gameplay, man. All last week and even today, man. New episode, episode 3 today dropped early this afternoon. Go and check that out. More content coming this week. I'll be live tomorrow night for NXT and their go-home show for Stand and Deliver. Wednesday, I'll be live with Dynamite. Jesse will be there. Hopefully, no mic issues on his end. Thursday, off the script, 424. Friday, we ain't covering SmackDown, baby. We ain't covering SmackDown on Friday, man. I will be live after Ring of Honor, Super Card of Honor. We'll be doing that, man. Tony Khan's first venture with Ring of Honor. We'll be live with that post show right here on OTS. Saturday afternoon, takeover. Well, not really takeover, man. I keep calling it takeover. Stand and deliver. I'll be live after Stand and Deliver. Night one of WrestleMania, I'll be live for that. Night two of WrestleMania, I'll be live for that. Monday Night Raw. Jesse, there's everything wrong with you, Mike, bro. There may be nothing wrong with your mic, but there's something wrong with your fucking PC. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken there's a lot of content coming up, guys. I'll be live. Make sure Off the Script is where you are, and the venue is where you are for all of the WrestleMania festivities this week. And again, hit that thumbs up, man. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Let's start at the top with the Super Chats. We got D Bastardo with a $5 super chat. Archer should have attacked Dustin's training center weeks ago. I need more building, brother. TK booking whole shows week to week. Good shows with no build. Bro, it's fucking Rampage. I wouldn't take it to be so serious, man. But yes, if he wanted to do something to build a program with Archer and Dustin, yes. I agree with you. But I, I genuinely just think it's a one-off. And they only wrestle because they're both from Texas. Joseph Taylor with a five in Super Chat. JD, what pisses you off more? Playing WWE 2K22 or watching Monday Night Raw? Watching Monday Night Raw. No question. Ali with a five in Super Chat. Hey, JD, I just want to say that I was watching your WWE 2K22 My Rise when you was trying to speak the Spanish message... Had me laughing. You're the best. Thank you, Ali. If I can make you laugh, brother. My job is done. Aaron King with a $2 super chat. Run the 24-7 title over with an 18-wheeler. Bro, you give it to me, and I'll film it. I'll run it over with the Mustang, bro. Going 100 miles an hour. Jay Coyle with a 5 in UK on Kurt Hennig's birthday. They have the Intercontinental Champion who shouldn't be here per brand split rules. Squashed. Is this company fucking serious? Yes, they are. They are absolutely fucking serious, bro. 
Mr. Perfect is one of my favorites of all time. One of the biggest names to never hold a world championship in WWF is Kurt Henning. MGM Ballin' with a 499 Super Chat. Some troll screen recorded you reading my Super Chat last week and tagged Gareth. Looks like you and I are going to have to give him the Doomsday device. Eh, fuck him, bro. Complete fucking hypocrite, man. I uh, screenshotted his, his tweet a couple of days ago about him saying SmackDown sucks and it's okay to criticize a show, man. It's exactly what the fuck we do every week, but I'm public enemy number, number one, man. They could fucking suck a dick. Every fucking one of them, man. Complete irrelevant geeks. There's that entire crew over there. You know what it is? You know, Ballin, you know what it is, bro? They made it so far into the fucking video, man, that they screenshotted me and the Super Chats, man, which means they watched two hours of my content. So who wins? It's a lot of ad revenue. Two hours time, man. It's a lot of ad revenue. You know? I appreciate you, Ballin. Thank you so much, brother. The Black Astronaut Leo with a $5 Super Chat. I would call Monday Night Raw a joke, but jokes are entertaining. You know, Leo, you make a good point, bro. The Undertaker with a $5 Super Chat. Nice to see Alterbridge continue their pattern of one album every three years. What do you want from Alterbridge 7? I want something that sounds like the last hero, bro. I want epicness, man. I like, I think Alter Bridge works better in the five to seven minute range. Multi-layered, showing off Miles' guitar playing, showing off Tremonti's guitar playing. I want Tremonti to have a couple of backing vocal tracks on this one too. Alter Bridge's three best songs, man. Blackbird, The Last Hero, and Fortress. I need something like that on the next album because we didn't get that with Walk the Sky. The Professional Gamer with the $2 Super Chat. I went to the movies to watch the new Batman. Fuck Raw. I'm going to watch the new Batman when it comes to HBO Max, bro. Looking forward to it. Micah with a $1.99 Super Chat. Do we see Cena at Mania night one or night two? And what's he doing? No. We do not see John Cena. If John Cena was going to be at WrestleMania, he would have already been on the card. Ahmed Yusuf with a 499 Super Chat. This show felt like an episode of SmackDown. Holy shit. It did. Like I said in the beginning, Ahmed. Was it bad? I wouldn't say it was terrible. It wasn't good. Did it get you excited for WrestleMania? No. Was it good? No. It's an unnecessary show. KMG with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, JD, will you put Mr. 9 to 5 on Community Creations? It would be awesome to be able to download him and have him a part of my roster. Much love. I got to really re- uh, rework him, KMG. I want to I wanna give him some new moves, bro. Maybe tinker with his entrance. Maybe tinker with a couple of aspects of his look. We'll see. John A. with a $1.99 Super Chat. Thoughts on the Will Smith Oscar incident? It looked fake. That's all I'll say. 
Jay Patterson with a $5 super chat. Well, I won't be watching Ring of Honor, especially if I have to be able to hear Denise Salcedo all night. What? Please, for the love of God, tell me she's not. I may, I may have to watch SmackDown. For the love of God, please tell me she's not doing commentary for the show. Please. Is she doing commentary for the fucking show? You can't be fucking serious about that. Why would you tell me that, bro? Jay Patterson, what the fuck's wrong with you, man? You better be bullshitting, bro. Oh, she's doing the pre-show. I heard she's replacing Quinn McKay. You know, you know, it, it really, it really... <laughs> I'm going to bite my tongue on this one, man. Uh, all I will say is, me and Solomonster are the best fucking commentary team on the indie circuit right now, man. There's nobody better than us. There's nobody that prepares better than us. There's nobody that's more enthusiastic than us. There's, there's nobody that has better comedic timing than us. I don't know why we don't get considered. It's fucking ridiculous. If it's the pre-show, fine. But if she's on the actual commentary team, and that's that's a fucking joke. Holy shit. Hard work, man, really does not pay off. I, I tell you that right now. Bust my ass and I get fucking zero for it. And I do what I do better than anybody. Brandon Jefferson with a 499 super chat. Rhonda spared us from a nap tonight. Can't wait for Veer to come next week. Bro, I am very excited about Veer, man. Veer looks like a fucking beast. He does. Jesse, I'm about to fucking dump you for real. I have to fucking dump you for real, bro. John A with a 199 super chat. What woman would you want to marry the most? I don't know why this is a question, John A. This is a question that shall not be answered. Lauren Hutton with a $5 super chat. Why couldn't we just get the Usos RK bro at Mania for the unification? Also, this mania should have been called Celeb Mania or Triple Mania. Shaking my fucking head. I don't know, Lauren. I don't know. Veer is over. Jay Patterson with a $2 super chat. Mop gonna help Omas. The fuck is Mop? 
Jose Gomez. Hey JD, do you think Drew McIntyre will be at the will be the first superstar to kick out of the most protected finisher? The end of days. No. No, I don't think uh, Baron Corbin gets the end of days on Drew McIntyre. With a $5 super chat. Thank you, Jose Gomez. Man of 1,005 holds, $2 super chat. Ronda vs. Charlotte equals coffee break. Ronda vs. Charlotte equals whatever break you want it to be, bro. Chelsea with a Canadian $2 super chat. Hi, JD. Ricochet's contract ends mid-2024. Hashtag OTS for life. Well, at that point, he he better not think about re-signing. And he better have Tony Khan's number on speed dial. Sev with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, I was not sports entertained tonight. Is it Wednesday yet? Sev, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry that you uh, were not sports entertained, bro. Hopefully, I entertained you more than Raw did. Uh, Team Money with a 499 super chat. Been a minute since I stopped. The Ronda Drowsy impersonation be having me laugh my ass off. You sound like Stewie Griffin. Love it. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Team Money. Johnny Cloud 9 with a 499 Super Chat. Saw someone threaten you on Twitter and I replied I would take him out any day of the week. From the 916. Love you, JD. Keep it up, bro. Bro, nobody's threatening me with anything, man. Half these geeks, they threaten me. They want to punch me. They want to fucking beat me up. They never come to any meet and greets. They never advance me at any of these shows I'm at. Everybody's, uh, everybody loves to talk shit, bro. Keyboard warriors is what they call them, right? Uh, and D. Bastardo. With a $5 super chat. Monday night, nostalgia. Said WrestleMania over 175 times, 62 times in the first hour. Showed the sign over 100 times, all to hypnotize fans. OTS keeps Raw alive. Yes, Isa, I will say. Roman has me wanting to go buy similar tracksuits, Isa. I will admit. Yes, Issa had the floodgates open for her tonight because of uh, of Roman's anger. Anyway, guys, that's all I got, man. What's with the Super Chats, man? You guys are hopefully saving it for WrestleMania weekend, man. Normally, we're here all night. Normally, we're here all night, man. I'm getting in the fucking car. Make a phone call to Jesse here. Uh, yeah, Jesse, listen. I need you to go to the liquor store, bro. I need all the top shelf liquor, man. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know. We haven't even been busy all week. Where, where the fuck did it go? I need the good stuff, bro. Take the company card. I need you to go buy liquor. I need you to go. I need you to go buy organic sour cream, okay? Titus is coming in and he's going to make the tacos, bro. I'm going to have to relieve you of your taco duties for the weekend. Titus is going to have some of those, uh, some nice uh, tostados, man. He's got uh, uh, tostados. I don't know what the fuck he's cooking. He's got something. He's got something going on. He's got something going on. All right, listen. No lip, man. Shut the fuck up, all right? Telling me what to do, man. If I want to rant about fucking Denise Shilcedo, I'll fucking rant about Denise Shilcedo, Okay. You know the job I do on commentary, man. I'm the best. 
Alright, listen, mop the floor too. I don't know what what is so sticky on the fucking floor? What is so sticky, man? What am I stepping in? This fucking guy, man. Issa's not even here, bro. The floor shouldn't even be sticky. All right, listen. Keep me updated on your computer, man. You got another mic problem. I'm going to shove it up your fucking pee hole, okay? We can't have you sounding like shit, man. I got I to gotta have the fucking AEW locker room impressed. You know, we got to impress Julia Hart, okay? We can't have Thunder Rosa listening to us and you sound like shit, bro. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. It's fucking up. Oh, my goodness, man. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys, for all the support, man. Johnny Cloud with a 499. One more for you, bro. Hopefully see you soon in the future. I'm pretty high and need some good stuff, Jesse. Johnny Cloud. Hopefully you take that energy into the venue on Saturday, man. It's going to be a busy day. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the thumbs up. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for uh, all the support. 2700 live tonight. Number one in the IWC. As always, man, take great pride in that. Glad you guys enjoyed the show. We broke it down tonight on this go-home edition of Monday Night Raw. I'm about to relax. Do some gaming. Maybe have a cold beverage. For real. And I will see you guys tomorrow night, man. I don't know what's going up during the day, but I'll be live for NXT. We'll be in the venue for NXT, man. No matter how terrible NXT is, we'll be here. I heard Nikita Lyons at wrestling tomorrow night, man. I gotta, I gotta see this. We may replace Tony. Anyway, I'm getting out of here, guys. Uh, I need two things before I get out of here. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And number two, man, I need, when that music comes on, that guitar solo comes on, I need that music on max. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I'll see you tomorrow night live from the OTS venue for NXT right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.